Welcome to Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On with Janice Formicella. I'm Janice Formicella, a breakup coach passionate about supporting others to learn from their breakups, overcome loneliness, love being single, and see the end of a relationship as the beginning of a magical, sexy new chapter in life. I am here each week to share with you the tools that I have learned through my own painful breakups, through hitting rock bottom more than once, and through working with people all around the world to heal their broken hearts. If you are looking for hope and strength to move on from your breakup and resources to enjoy your new life, you are in the right place and I've got your back. Hello, dear strong listeners. I am happy to be coming in with one more bonus episode for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. That is all of October. Today, I'm dropping an episode on a topic that I have always wanted to use this platform for to raise awareness about, and that is victim blaming. It was an early episode I did as a solo podcaster and one that I am very proud of. I had the opportunity to do it with very, very close friend and fellow survivor Christine Lalonde of the podcast 50 Shades of Bullshit. Victim blaming is the act of trying to convince a victim that they caused and therefore deserve the abuse they encountered. It is not only detrimental to a person's healing, it can cause them to replay the same patterns, and it also allows violence in society to continue because we put attention on the victim rather than the source of the violence. I hope you will enjoy this redrop. Please hit me up using the information in the show notes to let me know what you think. That would mean a lot. And please go follow Christine at 50 Shades of Bullshit, also using the info in the show notes. And now on to this very special and a bit lengthy public service announcement. So today we are going to be talking about victim blaming. And before we get into things, I want everyone who's listening to take note of a trigger warning for this episode. And that is a trigger warning for victim blaming, sexual assault, and domestic violence. So if you feel sensitive about any of those things, you might want to uh, tread lightly as we go through this episode as we will be discussing the issues uh, nationwide and also our experiences with all three things. Yeah. So before we get started again, I just want to let anyone know if you're going through a breakup, I am currently offering one-on-one support. I have two openings in my calendar right now. So DM me on Instagram. If you would like to learn about that, I would love to support you. And Christine, what would you like to plug this morning? I am the podcast host for 50 Shades of Bullshit. Um, You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. On Instagram, you want to spell out the word 50 and it's 50 shades of and then it's underscore bullshit. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and we talk about all kinds of things, not only about dating, but about improving ourselves, finding love and all that fun stuff. 
Yeah, last week we talked about dating horror stories slash Christine's dating horror stories. (laughs) And it's great. It is live. So that's really cool. It's each Thursday night, um, though you can get the recording as well. Everybody go and follow 50 Shades of Bullshit. Um, you'll, You'll absolutely love it. And you can interact with us live. People drop comments and we answer questions. It's really fun. Mm, thank you. Yeah. So with that, let's get on to victim blaming. And uh, why are we talking about it this month or this week? And that is because October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And victim blaming often happens when it comes to abuse of all types. And when I first started X-Files, I one of the things that I saw myself doing was special things in October, um, because I am a survivor as most, as my listeners will know. And I really wanted to kind of do my part as someone who has a platform to raise awareness about domestic violence, to support survivors and to raise awareness about victim blaming, because I really went through that when I left my abuser and it had a really big impact on my experience trying to heal, my experience blaming myself, my experience of how I viewed myself, my experience, how I viewed people around me. So I really want people to know that this is a very, very, very real thing. People listening might not even be aware that they're doing it. So uh, Christine is also a survivor and we decided that we'd partner for this. I love it. I'm happy to be here. Me too. So let's give some current stats on domestic violence. Last year, I did a, like a four-part series on domestic violence, and it was extremely <laughs> draining. Um, I don't mean to laugh, but by the end of the month, I was really like, I can't. It, that, it was like too much, you know? Mm-hmm. So I this month, I'm just going to do one or two episodes. But I do think it's important to highlight how common and how pervasive the issue is. So... Organizations across the country, including the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, estimate that an act of domestic violence occurs every three to 20 seconds. And that's just in America. So this is happening just as we are talking about this. Over and over. Yeah. In fact, I'm like trying not to get emotional just thinking of the people suffering like in their very own homes. um, Yeah. You know, right in this very moment. Despite efforts to raise awareness about the issue, domestic violence is actually on the rise. The number of incidents of intimate partner violence in the United States increased 42% during the period between 2016 and 2018. The statistics are hard to keep current, though I think 2018, that's pretty current. Yeah. Um, I think it was higher during 2020 because people were stuck in their homes together. Yeah, thank you. I was just going to say, I actually follow the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence very closely, and they put out a lot of press releases during the pandemic mm-hmm. trying to raise um, awareness about the fact that it was it was during, it was getting worse. Um, I just think that when it comes to publishing statistics, there's a lag time because it takes 
statisticians and or statisticians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes a lot of work to come up with, with new numbers. But yeah, I mean, even between 2016 and 2018, 42%, that is a massive increase. And it just makes me sick and sad that it's going up rather than down, especially in the uh, wake of Me Too. And victim blaming also happens when it comes to sexual assault of all kinds. Um, it does look like the rates of sexual assault are dropping, but they remain shockingly high. According to RAIN, which is the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, they say every 68 seconds, another American is sexually assaulted. Wow. One out of every six American women has been the victim of an attempted rape or completed rape in her lifetime. And about 3% of American men, or one in 33, have experienced an attempted or completed rape in their lifetime. What is victim blaming? I came across a great website, and that is the Maryland Coalition Against Domestic Violence. And they define victim blaming as victim blaming occurs when the victim survivor of sexual violence is held partially or completely responsible for the harm that they experienced. Victim blaming is a symptom of rape culture in which our society minimizes the severity of sexual violence and normalizes attitudes and beliefs that defend perpetration of sexual violence. While victims of other violent crimes usually do not have to explain what they did to become victimized, victims of sexual violence are all too often forced to defend their actions leading up to an experience of sexual violence. This contributes to difficult environment for, for survivors to share their stories when they are blamed, disbelieved, and shamed. And this is why so many people do not report. And it's a bullshit question to ask why someone doesn't report. And I, I want to say, this can go hand in hand. Sexual violence and domestic violence, um, I think, are equally uh, victim-blamed. Yeah. 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 I will definitely say. And as, as someone who watches and listens to a ton of true crime, I mean, all the time people talk about why she didn't report and if it was so bad, why there's nothing on the record. And it's be, it's because of victim blaming. And I think that it's a really important thing that we, that we talk about, especially considering that it's, that it's getting worse. And, um, I've, I've experienced it and it's, it's very heartbreaking to think about, but what I went through was, uh, extremely violent and still I, I was, I was completely blamed for it. Like shockingly. Mm -hmm. So, so I thought it was interesting to note that the, the term victim blaming was originally coined in the 1970s as a way to describe the justification for social injustice and social inequality against black people. It is now more often used to describe how victims of crimes are blamed for the crimes perpetrated upon them, particularly crimes of sexual assault, domestic violence, and robbery. So, for instance, when I was in college, I had a beautiful bike stolen. I had it locked up, but I had it locked to the wheel. And when I went to get it the next morning, the wheel was there. The bike was gone. And how many people said, darn, you shouldn't have chained your bike to the bike rack? All of them. <laughs> As though that caused an asshole driving by to stop and use their tools to 
<laughs> take the rest of my bike away from the tire. And yeah. also I was an, uh, another, I was a victim of another robbery when I was in grad school. Someone actually broke into my apartment and stole my laptop that was sitting there on, on my desk. And multiple, multiple people asked me if I was sure that I had locked the door when I left that morning as though... <laughs> Like someone walking by who chooses to open someone's door. And I don't know. I thought I've never left my house without locking it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, and so I can't say for sure. I mean, I guess I could have, Yeah, but you not locking the door didn't say, Hey, Robert, my door's unlocked. Mm -hmm. Come and steal from me. I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, I mean, I, this is very, very personal to me. I was also the victim of, uh, (laughs) I was a victim of a home invasion. Um, when I was pretty young, about 20 and, it was when I was home, <laughs> my neighbor came in and I woke up from a nap to find him in my bedroom, going through my clothes, um, my underwear drawer to be exact. And I was lucky enough that I thought really quickly in the, in the heat of the moment. And I could tell that he didn't know I was there. I was under my covers I don't know if he was high or what, but I kind of rustled in my bed as though I was just sleeping to try and scare him. And he Mm -hmm. darted out of the apartment. Like it was so terrifying, but uh, yeah, I had a couple of people close to me say I shouldn't have been home in the middle of the day, taking a nap. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this, you know, it happens and it happened to me after I left my abuser as well. And I think that it's important that survivors talk about their stories. So Christine, if you're comfortable, would you like to talk about a few examples of how this has shown up for you both recently and in your past? Yeah, sure. Ooh, <laughs> this is, a we're, taking the, we're taking the, we're taking the, we're taking the slow. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, unfortunately have been a victim of uh, rape three times. One by my husband who was domestically domestic abusing me. So I have a domestic abuse and um, he knew I was leaving him and he, uh, he, he raped me as well as all the violence that happened. Um, I was raped a couple other times that were date rapes. Um, I've experienced, you know, people stalking me as well. And every single time people have said, well, how many times did you say no? Did you say no more than once? You sure you said no? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Uh, did I had someone stalking me who I had started to, uh, go out on a couple of dates with and they said, did you have sex with him? Did you invite him over? Uh, it's like, yeah, I was, I was dating him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I broke up with him, he start he chose to stalk me, mm-hmm. you know, um, how did you not know what could happen if he went to your house? That was asked of me. Um, I was also asked, you know, what were you wearing? Uh, why didn't you tell anyone? Um, are you sure you remember what happened correctly? Um, as far as the abuse for, you know, my husband, they'd said, well, you married him. How did you not know? Um, and then why didn't you leave? And why did you stay so long? 
And one of the most recent things for me is, you know, I'm online dating and I'm getting a lot of where we go to video chat before we go off of the app just to make sure they're not catfishing or scamming or or they say who they say they are. Um, they've been coming on with answering the phone and they're, and they're masturbating. And I did a TikTok and an Instagram video about it. And um, people have literally said, what did you do to make him masturbate when he video called you? And that came from another guy. Um, <laughs> what? That came from a man. See, and this is guy. online. This are, these are public comments that people yeah. are making shamelessly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that just goes to show how comfortable people are blaming the victim. I mean, that is a form of assault to have someone masturbating when you're meant to be having like a video chat. I mean, that's completely non-consensual. And, um, I, I know, you know, you didn't do anything, anything to cause it. I mean, this is, that's outrageous. Yeah. Um, you know, what's crazy is that in the past, back in the day, you know, you hear about those flashers and that they're arrested for indecency. Um, well, I think there should be laws against, you know, someone doing that by video. I mean, it's the same exact thing. They're exposing themselves without your consent. And yeah. So just so, I mean, there are, it's just extreme. It's extremely difficult to, uh, prosecute and to go after. Um, but I, I do believe that that is actually completely illegal Mm -hmm. and I'm really sorry that that happened to you. Um, do you mind saying or sharing what was the impact on you to have people saying these things to you, you know, after, after your experience being assaulted? Yeah. Um, first time I was raped, I was 18. Uh, I was a virgin. I was at music camp and it was my, my boyfriend that week. And I know that sounds mm. weird to say my boyfriend that week, but I met him at camp. We'd been together all week, holding hands, being everywhere together, having the same, you know, music classes. And uh, at the end of the week, um, he he raped me. Now, um, I went to, <laughs> I, I went to the camp counselors and I told them and they said I needed to keep quiet. Oh they, my God. they said, no one will really believe you. You don't have proof, nothing. They, they, they did not care. They wanted to get out of there. They did not want to help me. Um, they told me to keep my mouth shut. And it's just kind of been that way ever since that, that taught me that no one's going to believe me that the guy is always right. It's his word against mine. Um, you know, it's the whole thing. It just, it, breaks your spirit and it it makes you think that um, you're the one that's done something wrong and when you haven't you, you've done nothing wrong you you're just living your life and you're being a normal person you're being a woman and someone takes advantage of you and someone does something to violate you and you know people don't want to hear about it. it it scares people to hear about it, it makes them think that you know, Something could happen to them, which it can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we're going to talk about the the psychology behind victim blaming. And I I think you're right. I think it's hard for people to to accept that horrible shit happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I um, unfortunately have also been subject to victim blaming. I was in a very abusive relationship, ended about... Uh, it's been a while, seven or eight years ago, there was violence involved. I did leave and go back, leave and go back as many people do who are trapped in the cycle of violence. When I finally left, law enforcement had gotten involved um, because, because of an assault that uh, was witnessed by multiple people. And I'm glad in a way that 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 happened, the, that law enforcement got involved and that there was other people witness to it because it was like, it, there was no coming back from that. Finally, you know, everything else had happened in private. And while people like, you know, believed me, it was just, you know, I, we weren't, we're going to reconcile after, <laughs> you know, after the cops yeah. um, had, had, had gotten involved and he, he actually got uh, prosecuted. So, uh-huh. however, People weren't very understanding. These were some of the things that I heard that I had people say to my face. You knew he had an alcohol problem and you stayed with him anyways. He would get very violent after he drank. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're going to love this one, Christine. I had someone very close to me say, abusers go after women who are vulnerable. If you would have been in a better place, he would have never pursued you. Wow. Yep. I had someone tell me that I put myself in the position. Mm, I had people, yep. I had people say, this is why we told you to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, I had someone say, I told you not to go out with him. And I actually had someone ask me once, how can your boyfriend rape you? Mm. So victim blaming reinforces what a person's abuser has continually told them. And that is that they deserve the abuse and that they provoked it. My abuser was a genius at coming up with a way to explain what he had done and and how it was my fault, (laughs) you know, all the time. A lot of abusers, not all, but a lot of abusers are narcissists who will, who don't take blame for anything they do. And that was definitely the case in this situation. Um, However, I, I didn't internalize this and I didn't blame myself for what had happened. I was actually a a staff member at my campus's um, safe haven. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had, and I had actually also been a overnight staff member of a shelter when I was in college. So I was well educated about, about abuse. So I knew it wasn't my fault. And also I know that it can happen to anyone because it happened to me. However, my, the impact it had on me was because th- these were friends and family members who were close to me saying mm-hmm. these things, it made me feel really unlovable because I felt like there was no one I could go to for support. And there was no one I could go to who wasn't judging me. You know, like if your own family is saying these things to you, like what hope do you have that anyone will ever accept you is, is how I felt. And for a really long time, I was very reckless. I didn't respect myself because I didn't think I was deserving of that. And I've I've been to that. Yeah. I've experienced that. And a lot of women I know have experienced that. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. It took me a lot of years to get over. I'm definitely over it now, which is awesome. But yeah, for a while, I just, I didn't really care what happened to me. And I will also say that the victim blaming has made me feel very uncomfortable talking about my story. I always wanted X-Files to be a place where I could share what happened so that other people will be comfortable sharing what happened to them. But I constantly worry that people don't believe me <laughs> all the time. Even my friends, I always, I'm very timid about sharing because I'm in the back of my mind, always thinking that they're questioning me mm. still to this day. Wow. Some other examples of victim blaming that we haven't mentioned. Um, yeah. Uh, people have said, why didn't you go immediately to the police Well, that's the crazy thing, because when I was married to my domestic abuser, I did go to the police over and over and over. And I lived in Utah and um, in Utah, they're all about the family. Yeah. And um, we lived in the same apartment complex as his mother and they would house arrest him at his mother's house. Mm -hmm. And nobody cared. They're notoriously and statistically horrible about domestic violence. This is not just me being bitter. (laughs) Um, They are. They are known to be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know, and I, you know, like uh, the first time uh, for me that, you know, that I was raped at, at music camp, you know, I went to my superiors, my my people, my counselors, the people who should have been there to help me, who did not, you know. Um, so, you know, it, after amount, a certain amount of time, if you are going to people and they're not helping you or they're, they're still doing that, then, you know, yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, these, the most victims are, are, compl- you know, they're completely innocent and they are just looking for someone to help them, to guide them, to, to be there for them. And people are just, they're not. And mm-hmm. a lot of people will indirectly blame the victim by then acting like boys will be boys. And mm-hmm. totally. You know, that, that is victim blaming. I don't think people realize that boys will be boys is victim blaming. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they, <laughs> boys aren't supposed to be that way. So yep. they're not being boys. They're being monsters. Yep. They're, they're being abusers. They're, mm-hmm. they're being horrible, horrible human beings. Mm-hmm. These, these people are not supposed to be doing this. So it is not a boys being a boys thing. Yeah. Boys are, are kind, considerate and loving human beings. They should not be saying that, Oh, just because someone is abusing somebody or raping somebody or, or stealing or, or hurting someone, that that's just them being a boy because that's BS right there. One other thing I want to point out is because I do watch and listen to a lot of true crime. I often Mm, hear people saying of often mostly women who are victims of, of assaults, these victims were completely innocent if they weren't sex workers or if they weren't out late at night. And that is absolutely victim blaming. It does not matter what your profession is, how late at night you are out, how much you have been drinking, you don't deserve to be abused and no one can make an abuser do what they do. So anytime that you hear someone saying the victims were completely innocent, all victims are completely innocent. You're right. So Christine, let's talk about why people do it. 
Um, I believe that, you know, a lot of people who hear from a victim that something has happened, that what they're doing is making themselves feel better by blaming the victim because then they feel safer if they can imagine that the victim did something wrong. Um, because if they did something wrong and you're thinking you're not doing anything wrong, then it's not going to happen to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a really weird psychology thing that happens with, with people who blame the victim. Uh, victim blaming also helps the person doing it maintain a more positive view of the world. So if they are thinking, oh my gosh, you know, that is a horrible thing that happened to you. How can we fix this? How can we help you? It's really weird. They just think, no, um, you know, I can't think that there are bad people out there because bad things only happen to bad people. And it, it just makes more sense to a person to think that bad people get bad things happen to them where, and a victim is not it's not doing anything wrong. Like you were home sleeping in the privacy of your home, whether the door was locked or whoever it was that came in, how the actual hell do you know that that's going to happen? You know, you're not a bad person for that happening to. Yeah. So it's really bizarre how that happens. Yeah. The problem, even when victims of rape and abuse report that, that they continue to be victimized. That's the problem. We don't want to continue to be victimized and told that we did something wrong or asked if we did something wrong. We should not have to justify ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, many say that the outcome from reporting um, the, the actual crime made it worse or it was just as bad. And that is true because even though my counselors knew that something had happened and that I was telling the truth. They still had the same questions to kind of make me, oh, are you sure that it happened that way? Are you sure mm -hmm. that you didn't think that he didn't think that you were wanting to have sex with him and and then you just changed your mind? Well, uh, no. And even if I had decided to change my mind, he, he should have stopped. Mm -hmm. But that's that's not the case. So unfortunately, I think a lot of people don't want to continue to be the bad guy, the victim and be victimized over and over by people who are supposed to be there to help them. Yeah. I mean, it's well known that victims don't often get the care and compassion and sympathy that they deserve when they go to law enforcement. And so I do think a lot of people keep it inside because you it's, you know, it, it's embarrassing. And the chances of anything happening are actually pretty low. The amount of uh, abusers who get convicted is like hardly any. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So the fact of the matter is victim blaming is never okay. All right. There's no excuse for this shit. <laughs> it needs to I stop. I also want to say this. It's extremely selfish to blame the person in your life who has been a victim. The, anyone who victim blames is only thinking of themselves. They are not thinking of the victim. This is not love. This is not caring. The fact that family members do this is mm -hmm. bullshit. I also think that it is interesting to study the psychology behind it. And I think that you are going to probably relate and enjoy this. 
Laura Naimi of Harvard University and Leanne Young of Boston College have been conducting research that studies the factors that go into what leads someone to victim blame. And this really rang true to me because as some of my listeners will know, I come from a really, really religious background and I had family members who were doing the victim blaming to me. Mm -hmm. So listen to this. From the Atlantic article, The Psychology of Victim Blaming, quote, Naomi and Young identified two primary sets of moral values, binding values and individualizing values. While everyone has a mix of the two, people who exhibit stronger binding values tend to favor protecting a group or the interests of a team as a whole, whereas people who exhibit stronger individualizing values are more focused on fairness and preventing harm to an individual. Mm-hmm. Naimi explains that a higher endorsement of binder values reliably predicted stigmatizing attitudes about victims in the context of both sexual and non-sexual crimes. People who favored binding values were more likely to see victims as blameworthy, while people who favored individualizing values were more likely to be sympathetic to victims. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, I I really I I enjoyed hearing that, and absolutely, this is no justification. But you know, there is a psychology behind what drives a person to blame someone who's been assaulted, and so I I enjoyed coming coming upon that. Wow, and I it rang that. true for me, and it might for you as well. I mean, was your music camp a a church thing by any chance? Uh, no, um, I did grow up in a very religious home as well. <clears throat> it was, um, I, I was a singer and um, my, it was a competition throughout the state of Wyoming. Um, people who were exceptional performers got to, got scholarships to go. And um, it just was a regular music camp. Okay. And, uh, you know, the same thing happened to me actually, um, Janice, I went home not too long after that to visit my family. And I happened to be talking to somebody on the phone about it. My mother overheard and then later, you know, said to me, (sighs) are you sure that that happened to you? Are you sure you're not just trying to uh, not be a slut, you know, make people think that you're a slut. And I was thinking, well, no, no, I mean, not, no, not being able to get compassion from your own parent um, really fucked me up for a long time. (laughs) Still screwed me up for a while. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And still to this day, I have to say just anyone who's out there, you know, who ever has anyone come to you about an assault, I still to this day have such a hard time trusting people because of being, being told this by the one person you should trust, you know, always be able to yeah. trust. Yeah. So well, let's talk about, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was just going to say that, you know, the, the first time I was raped, I was young. I was 18. I was a virgin. I didn't know anything. Um, the second time was with my husband who was abusing me anyway. Um, but the last one was a handful of years ago and I was online dating and I, decided to just be friends with this person. And we were just hanging out after hanging out a hundred million times. And um, this happened. And the reason why I never told anybody on this one and didn't report it is because I was going through um, 
a horrible time after my, my uh, divorce, you know, like we talked about in the last episodes about being angry. Um, he used that as an advantage. And I was terrified that people wouldn't believe me. And I was terrified that my ex-husband would accuse me of putting my kids in danger, which they weren't even home. Yeah. Um, and he, they were never home when he came to hang out with me. I never had male friends over with my daughters there. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid that I would, you know, that he would try to take my daughter away from me because of it. So it, it can really, really blow up your life. And you have to live with something that you should not have to live with knowing that someone's walking freely and not having any consequences for something horrible that they did. Yep. Uh, I mean, these are current things. Anyone who thinks the, you know, climate has changed because of me too, I would say that you're probably wrong. So let's talk about the truth about abuse. Yeah. Well, no one deserves to be abused um, regardless of their actions, obviously. From the wonderful webpage by InsideSouthern.edu, options besides abuse include walking away, talking in the moment, respectfully explaining why an action is frustrating, breaking up with someone. Additionally, abuse is not about individual actions um, that incite the abuser to hurt his partner, but rather about the abuser's feelings of entitlement to do whatever he wants to his partner. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Violence, you know, is a choice. Um, it's the same thing with anything else in your life. Everything is a choice and violence is a choice. The majority of men and women, sorry, let's try that again. The majority of men and young men in our community are not violent. They use violence as a choice. They, they, they just want to uh, go the way their mind tells them they wanna go. The men who mm -hmm. use violence in a relationship choose where and when they are violent. The large majority of offenders who assault their partners control their violence with others. But as, you know, such as friends and at work and colleagues, um, and they are perceived actually to be good guys. Yes, totally. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and then they go home and they dominate and control and they incite. Yeah. So that's the problem. They can control it and they're not, and they're yep. blaming the victim for making them do it mm -hmm. more than not. I've been blamed for making somebody say something, yeah. making them do something. And I didn't know that I was that magical. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could go into so many examples where, where my abuser came up with reasons, you know, of why he did things. But the fact of the matter is it's, it's all bullshit. Everything he said was crazy. And you, and you, you know, I'm, I'm laughing because it makes me so uncomfortable to talk about. So just so everyone knows, yeah. um, it's definitely a defense mechanism for me. Um, but if anyone has ever experienced any sort of violence, it was not your fault and you did not cause it. All right. The same men who are at home slapping their wives around are never violent at work. And you know what? People get in uh, provoked at work mm -hmm. all the time and they, they don't go around being violent there. So more truth about violence, more truth about abuse. There are very, very few instances of false reports. Again, from inside 
southern.edu. This was a really great website. Everyone, please go. I'm going to link it in the show notes. It was really great. Reported sexual assaults are true with very few exceptions. Only 2% of reported rapes are false. This is the same rate of false reporting as other major crimes. You hear quite often when it comes to people who report sexual assault, this whole false report thing, and that we have to look critically at reports of, of sexual assault. And the fact of the matter is we don't say this about other crimes. It is extremely, extremely rare. But for some reason, we want to give perpetrators the benefit of the doubt. To this mm-hmm. day, there's people on the Supreme Court who who have charges against them, who no one took seriously. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking you offensive. Know, it is offensive. And I'm going to tell you guys something from my from my soul. We're not going to create false narratives. We're not going to give false reports because we are so ashamed and so hurt and so violated. We don't want to talk about this. Mm -hmm. It's not something we're going to willy nilly one day just wake up and go, you know what? I don't like that dude anymore. I'm just going to make something up about him, especially a perfect stranger. I mean, I've known women who have been held at gunpoint by perfect strangers and raped. Uh, My insistence happened to be people I know. And there are a lot of women, men out there, boys, girls, whatever, who have been assaulted and raped by people they don't know. Do you think that people are just going to randomly walk down the street and say, you know what, I'm just going to fuck up my life right now and just accuse that person right there of doing something to me? Yeah. And if you, uh, I mean, if you knew what it was like to report something, you would never expect that anyone was making a false report. I don't want to go into the details because it's very, I don't think that people want to hear because it's so troubling what I went through, but the police, a couple of them were cool and a couple of them were not, let's just put it that way. And it was not something that I... (laughs) Like no one wants to go through this. Similarly to people who say that divorce is the easy way out. If you've been through a divorce, you want to be saying that because it sucks. You you remember a minute ago, not too long ago, I just said that someone said, did you invite him over to your house? Did you have sex with him? That was from a female officer. Yeah. At the at the police station. Yeah. Uh, it was somebody that I went on a couple of dates. I did not like him. I just said, hey, it's not going to work between us. And it escalated and escalated. And I was getting I still have them. I have voicemails of him just escalating out of control, calling me all kinds of names, um, threatening me. And I went to the police and I said, this guy has to stop. I don't know what to do. And she said, oh, you know, did you invite him over? Uh, did mm-hmm. you have sex with him? And I was thinking, what does it matter? Does it, yeah. does that, if, if whether I had sex with him or not, or, or invited him to my house or not, does that give him the right when I tell him I'm not interested in him to, to uh, invade my life like that? No, it does not. And um, I had to say, I, I literally looked at the police officer. I leaned over the desk and I got right eye to eye with her. And I said, how dare you? How dare you talk to me like that? I don't care who and what 
anyone says or does. Nobody has the right to violate somebody like that. Don't you ever say that to another person again. How dare you? And she goes, oh, yeah. Do you want me to call him? so that he'll stop. And I said, yes, I would. Thank you very much. A lot of people like now, now I can stand up and say, how dare you? But in the past I went, oh man, I did something wrong by dating him. No, Mm -hmm. no, that's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And I will say that my victim blaming mostly came from other women as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and that's one thing I really wanted to use X Files for is to to let people know what this looks like and to hopefully change con- you know the consciousness of people because you will have someone in your life who comes to you um, after being assaulted, or maybe you have someone in your life who's not coming to you because they don't trust you because they hear you saying this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to open up a can of worms, but I was horrified at the coverage of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial because, oh my God, people were being so insensitive to her experience without, I mean, look, everyone who was posting things, you know, defending him, regardless of what happened in their relationship, you know, you're being crass and you're being so insensitive about the issue of domestic violence. And someone in your life was watching you do that and is now going to be more distrustful of you in the future, just so you know. Yeah. So let's talk about being part of the solution, not part of the problem. The, the, the point of this episode is to educate listeners about the impact and the destructive nature of victim blaming. So if you would like to be part of the solution, here are a few things that you can do. Mm-hmm. First of all, avoid using language that objectifies or degrades women. Yeah. Every single time that someone tells a joke that objectifies women, it makes it easier for people to say that women deserve what they get. Speak out if you hear someone else making an offensive joke or trivializing rape. And I have to say, some people listening might think, oh, nobody makes jokes about rape. Yeah, they do. I have to say, I've like sat and watched people who I respected do it. And it is shocking and but it's it's more common than than people think. I think if you really sat and thought about it, you would come up with an example where someone joked about rape in front of you. If not, keep your ears open because it will happen. Yeah. I actually had someone do that. I, I heard some guy making a joke yeah. and I turned around and I was like, oh my gosh, were you raped? <laughs> he was mm-hmm. like, what? No. I said, then shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're talking about. Keep your mouth shut. This is not okay to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And also as far as trivializing it goes, I'm a big fan of manifesting in law of attraction. But if anyone says that, you know, anyone welcomed or manifested their assault, that's bullshit and you yeah. suck. Yeah. If a friend says they have been abused, take your friend seriously and be supportive. Don't ask any questions. None of the background really matters. Just be there for this person. Mm -hmm. Think critically about the media's messages about women, men, relationship, and violence. So, Christine, I don't know if you can think of any examples where abuse or violence was glorified in in the media, but there are so many. Something that comes to mind immediately for me 
is multiple Eminem songs. <laughs> Eminem and Rihanna did a song and a music video. And I don't remember the title, but a lot of listeners will be very familiar with it about, and in and, and the video, they're like burning down the house and they're fighting with each other. I can hear it in my and, head. Yeah, same. And they're fighting with each other and slapping each other. And the fact of the matter is that that was actually, it, violence was glorified in this case. A lot of times in TV shows and music videos and movies, it's it's glorified. Like this man really loves her or this couple is fire and ice. And, you know, look at how passionate they are. And violence is never okay. It's not, it's never okay. It's not romantic. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. That just kind of, you know, for me, makes me think about the whole BS where people say opposites attract, you know, a narcissist yeah. wants a empath and, <laughs> and all this. I bullshit. mean, even that is, I would say, a form of victim blaming to yeah. say that empaths attract, attract. narcissists. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's just it's, <laughs> it's it's not true. It's not true. Well, they tend to gaslight and gaslighting in a sense is victim blaming. It's, it's blaming. It's making you think that you've done something wrong in a situation, uh, where, you know, you're considered crazy. You're considered, you know, uh, uh, like we've meant, we've lost, we've lost the ability to remember something correctly, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Whatever. And anyone who's been, a, you know, in the cycle of abuse knows that, these people are really good at reeling you in. I mean, you will think it's the best thing that ever happened to you when an abuser is giving you their attention in in the beginning. So, um, you know, if you haven't been through it yourself, you're lucky, but also you don't know. So don't victim blame. Let survivors know that it is not their fault. You don't need to ask any questions about what happened to a person. The best thing you can do is tell someone that it wasn't their fault and they didn't cause it. Yeah. Yeah. Hold abusers accountable for their actions. You know, don't let them make excuses like blaming the victim or alcohol or drugs or the moon and stars for their fault, you know, being their fault. I think that's really important to keep in mind and always communicate with a sexual partner and do not assume consent. That is huge. Mm -hmm. Just Mm -hmm. just because I, let's just say for an instance, I I go out with somebody and we come back and we're cuddling on the couch and, you know, I'm letting him hold me close. Doesn't mean that he can just all of a sudden decide to take my clothes off and have sex with me without my permission. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, We need to start a chain reaction in in society and uh, and that is encouraging the idea that consent is sexy and you know defining your own manhood or womanhood is important you know don't let stereotypes shape your actions i think that's huge Mm -hmm. keep that in mind and speak up when others are practicing behavior um, that is sexist racist homophobic transphobic or miss uh how do you say that word misogynistic yes i meant to say it i couldn't say it (laughs) yeah i agree So challenge, you know, challenge your ideas about gender norms and roles, call out stereotypes and harmful language directed at women. You know, let's just think about how we're treating each other. Mm -hmm. Let's think about that. Something recently happened to me that you know a lot about. I was dating somebody. We had Mm -hmm. a business relationship, friendship, and then a romantic 
long distance relationship. And a lot of people were involved for the business side and hardly anybody knew about the romantic side, but a handful of friends. And when I broke up with him, it got really bad. And, um, you know, verbally with him. And he was verbally, verbally abusive. And I was almost afraid to call the men that were involved in the business side to tell them that he was no longer involved and afraid to say anything. And twice in the last week, I've, I called two of them and just explained to them because I didn't think they'd want to be part of the show or anymore if I if he wasn't involved. And they both, and, I, and I'm so proud of this moment. It was so great. Both of them said, oh, Christine, that rings true. You know, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. And they didn't say, why did you start dating him? Or why did he do this? Are they no questions? They just said that really, that really just rings true. And I I don't know. It just was really nice to hear Mm -hmm. for the first time in a very long time, somebody just supporting me and saying, you got this. We believe you. We're in. We're here. Which was yeah. Great. I'm glad you're saying that because I really want to make sure that we drive home the fact that there are amazing, amazing men out there. I have a man in my life who actually recently quit his job because of overhearing so many homophobic and sexist things that people were saying out loud, and. Yeah, he, he's a great guy. And this is, you know, not all men are like this, but we're living in a society where a lot of men are and it's excused. A lot of men are this way because it's, it's excused. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are living with the shame and trauma over being assaulted. And that is just made worse by not having more people to go to who just want to listen and just want to believe it. So... If you do one thing this October, which is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, educate yourself on victim blaming and take a stand. Make a commitment to yourself and others that you won't let it happen around you. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say? Let's just support each other. You know, know that if somebody comes to you and tells you something happened to them, that that was not easy that that is a very difficult thing to do. And we're not looking for attention. We we don't want that attention. Um, no. And you know the difference when somebody's mm-hmm. looking for attention. Um, just be supportive and loving and ask how you can help. Um, just knowing that somebody's in your corner can make all the difference. Yes, that is so true. And that is, I think, what we will... And the episode on, thank you, Christine. I know that this was challenging for you and I appreciate you making yourself or allowing yourself to to be vulnerable and sharing this space with me. It was difficult for me as well. I've always thought to myself, you know, should I do an episode and like tell my story? And I, I don't think I'll ever get to the point where I can, but I still think it's important as someone with a platform to say that this happened to me. The abuse happened to me and the victim blaming happened to me and it all needs to stop. And if it happened to you, it wasn't your fault. If it happened to you, you will get through it. I am sorry that it happened Mm -hmm. to you and there, there is hope. So hang in there. I agree. All right. See you next time.